even if you call me pastor or don't, and you're just checking it out. I believe you're here for a reason, for a purpose, right? You didn't just stumble in here accidentally. I believe God has something for you every time we meet, amen? And it's important uh, that we recognize that, that this, this thing we call church where we get together, where we're relying on each other for prayer and help, and the Lord gives us a word, and I get to share that with you, that it's not just from a man, amen? I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody, various ones of you going, man, were you reading my mail today? Right, you know that expression, like I showed up to your house and opened your mail, and oh, you got a letter from so and so and so and so, and just read your mail. That's that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you because He knows right where you're at all the time. True. So just trust and rely in that gift that you're going to receive and get something from the Lord every time. Amen. And that you're not here by accident. God has a plan and a purpose for you. So whatever whatever you're dealing with or going through, or or even if you think you have everything all figured out. Trust that God wants to continue to tweak you and help you and change you and, and, and encourage you and grow you up even more than you are. Is that true? Am I talking to some Christians this morning, right? All right. If you're not Christian, you'll be one by the end of the day. So just hang in there, right? You'll, you'll be serving him. He's awesome. He's wonderful. We love him. Amen. So just trust God has something for you every time we show up. Good. Okay. So we're in a series called Being Led by the Spirit. And we started with the Holy Spirit, the basics, the foundational truth of who the Holy Spirit is and what he wants to do in our lives, amen? And we went through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are for the church, for the benefit and the profit of all, right? And we talked about the impact of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and being able to pray in the Spirit and how that's such a huge benefit to Christians, right? That we can build ourselves up on our most holy faith. That's such good news, Amen. And so now we're in this uh, part of the series where we're finding out how to be led and how to hear the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Anybody find that might be a little bit important in your life? True. There are um, there are a great cloud of witnesses. The Bible says men and women of faith in heaven looking down on us and the church, and they greatly anticipated the day we live in. Going, man, if we had the if we had the Holy Spirit. Like they have the Holy Spirit, man. Come on, come on, brothers and sisters. They're saying, get after it. Go get them. The, the time is short. Use those gifts. Lean into the Holy Spirit. They, they're just looking at us going, come on. Don't just, don't get caught up in the distractions. Focus. The time is short, amen? And they're looking on us, cheering us on from heaven. It's true. We're gonna get to talk to them. We're gonna get to meet them. You're gonna get to meet Moses and Abraham, right? And David and Paul. And from what I understand, Paul is short. Don't say anything about him being short. Like, you're shorter than I thought. Don't say that. Just be nice. Be nice. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We can, we can be nice. But we're going to meet these people. This is the reality that we live in, right? This life is temporary. Bible says it. It's a vapor. It's short. We got to live that way, think that way. So to be led by the Spirit, I am absolutely convinced this is, aside from giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and making him your Lord and Savior, aside from that, this is the most important thing we can learn in this life, to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, Jesus was led by the Spirit, and he told us, he said, I don't do anything. I don't say anything or do anything that I haven't heard first and seen first. Then I do it. Imagine living life like that. Imagine that. You can do it. In your job, in your family, with your kids, you can hear from the Spirit of God and do what he tells you to do. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, you ready for some scripture? Boy, we're pouring through it today. Amen? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Real familiar passage. Real familiar. I want to say this too. This is important. 
this is kind of this has been eating on me just a little bit. So just just be nice to me. I just kind of share my heart a little bit. Um, if you um, if you can find a way to show up to church and bring your Bible, and that means I'm talking about the paper, the paper one, right? And I, I love, I'm telling you, I love to have an iPad and I love to have a notebook and I love to have my phone because I can flip through it at a moment's notice. It's wonderful, but there is something about the turning of the page. Can I get any book readers' hands in here? A little hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So there's something about getting that, that page turned over. You know, there are scriptures that I may not know exactly the reference, but I know where they're at in my Bible. And when I get there, I'm like, oh yeah, there it is right there. It's in the top left corner and it's highlighted and underlined. And I wrote myself a little note, right? And I just, I know where it is because I've, I've done that. It's really, really hard to do that digitally. So I would encourage you, no condemnation, but I'm encouraging you, if you've got one of those, right? The ones that are made of trees, right? Bring it because there's something about turning to it yourself. And here's what I'm going to help you with. I'm going to start probably not always putting the scripture on the screen so you can't cheat. I'm going to start. So that you're like, oh, he didn't put it on the screen. Oh, that's because he told us to bring our Bible. Man. Okay, next week, right? So be thinking about that because I think there's value in that. There's value when you've got it open and you can take the pen out and highlight what we're talking about and, and underline it and make yourself a note. You can write in your Bible. It is not sacrilege. It's okay. Okay. That's a little little just extra side side note. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Amen. You can understand some things. Don't lean on that solely. True? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It's so important that we learn to be guided by our heart. Now, there is nothing wrong with information gathering. There is something wrong with overload of information gathering because at some point you're going to get the wisdom and the direction from the Lord. And then no matter what else it looks like, that's your answer. Well, God, now, I don't know if you saw the, the pros for this other option that I put, but they far, they're far better than the one that you, that you picked. So I, if you wanted to look at my list, I'd be happy to share that with you. He's not going to do that with you. He knows what's the best. Amen? So we, we do our homework and we do our research and then we look to our heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? Not your blood pump. The inner man, your inner you, trust in that and lean not on your own understanding. That doesn't mean abandon understanding and wisdom. That means lean not on it. Trust in your heart. Amen. It's important. It's important. Romans eight, Romans chapter eight. These are two are our texts for being led by the spirit of God. Romans chapter eight. Thank you, Lord. Everybody doing okay? Okay. Soak it up. This is going to help you your whole life. This will help you right here. All of life. Teach this to your kids. Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's read that together. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It's important that we are led by the Spirit of God. It is a wonderful age we live in in the church age where the Holy Spirit is in the earth. And not just in the earth, but we can have him dwell in us. It's a wonderful age we live in. Never in the history of the world has it been like it has in the last 2,000 years. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the Bible says they that are led by the Spirit of God, these, these are the sons of God. That means you're going to prove what God's will is in your life when you are led by the Spirit of God. 
You can do it your own way. You are a free moral agent. You can do it your own way. You can. People are proving that right now. You can do it your own way. God's not going to smite you, but if, if you're doing it on your own, you've left the resources of heaven. True? There's just such a better way to be led by the Spirit of God and just step into His provision in His way. Do you know that God will set up uh, provision he will set up opportunity. He will set up relationships for you. And it will be in the destination where you are supposed to be. And we have a choice whether we take the train there or not. And there are a lot of folks going, God, why am I not provided for? Why do I not have the opportunity and the relationship? Where is it? And he said, I sent you there and you're dawdling. You found your own way. It's true. We've all been there. And that doesn't mean that that uh, you've fallen out of grace with God, that, that you're not redeemed anymore, you're still going to heaven, right? You're, he still loves you. He still, the blood is still at work in your life. But there is provision and blessing and relationships where you're supposed to be, and he will not change to your plans to suit you. He will not do it. He, but he will gently nudge you. Okay, if you just take this turn, we can come over here, and we can get back on the platform for the train track that you're supposed to be on to the destination you're supposed to be at. He will help you get back on track. And that is a wonderful, merciful, gracious thing. But your provision and your help is where he has destined you to be. Yeah, God's perfect will. God's perfect will. He has a permissive will where he will allow you to do some stuff. How many of you figured out God's allowed you to do some stuff and you're like, man, I wish he'd stop letting me do some stuff, right? But then he has a perfect will where when you follow him, it's like, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And it's not the smoothest of ride all the time, but you get through and you get to your destination. And then the people you needed popped up and the relationships and the help and the provision and the peace, all that stuff, all that peace and joy. Oh, this this is where I was supposed to be all along. This is it. It's true. And then usually right about the time you get comfortable, he's like, time to move. <laughs> we got to go somewhere else, right? And that's physically sometimes, and sometimes that's careers, and sometimes that's relationships, and sometimes that's, and he'll just, he'll just move you where you need to be, and it's okay. Change is okay. It is okay to change. Doesn't always feel good, but it's okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We are joint heirs with Christ. Amen. Bible says that as Christians, even, even when we're in the perfect will of God, that we will suffer persecution and there will be trials and there will be tribulation in our lives. There's stuff that's going to come up, but how much better to be in the storm, in the boat, Jesus told you to get in and said, go to the other side. And you go, well, if he said, go to the other side, then we can make it. I'm going to make it. He didn't tell me to go to the other side so I could wreck out here. There's peace in that. You can have peace and total confidence in the middle of a storm and go, Mm-mm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going through. Amen. It's, true. it's a different it's a different way to look at the storm because you can be like the disciples when they didn't know and just be freaking out jesus is asleep in the storm in the back with water probably splashing on him and he's just totally at rest well that's jesus come on you don't expect me to compare us to jesus uh-huh, yeah yeah 
We're supposed to be just like him. Christians, Christ-like. Amen? Calm, at peace, because God said go to the other side. True? Being led, I'm telling you, makes the difference in every step we take. Because when the hard times come, and they will come, you can go back to that word and say, no, I heard God, and he said go here, and I'm going there. Come hell or high water, I'm going there. And he said he would be with me. And that's the word you stand on. When, all, when it all looks like it's falling apart, mm-mm. No, I heard from God. I heard from God. Amen? That's why we need to learn to hear from God. And you can hear from him right here. You can read this word and things will jump out at you. He will minister to you when you're reading his word. And you'll get stuff that you would not have gotten if you were just reading a novel. It's true. It's true. I'm about to start my message, so stay with me. Last week we learned we we are not moved by fear, right? We're not moved by pressure. That is not God, right? If there is fear and there is pressure to make a decision, that's when you get stubborn and go, "Mm -mm. nope, I don't, I'm not moved by fear and pressure, right? You got, I got deadlines. I, you know, no, 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 back up. Thank you, Lord. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond to this? What am I supposed to do? Right? You'll have peace. There'll be rest. That's why we need to, we need to practice tuning our spirits. You know, it's impossible to tune your spirit when you're watching junk on tv (laughs) it's impossible this is the time of year right now when tv gets really goofy and dare i say demonic it's true i mean we can't even watch commercials at our house it's like gotta turn that off i mean it's you guard what goes into your eyes and goes into your spirit because i'm telling you it'll wreck you it keeps you off track it gets you off course it gets you thinking about other stuff stuff you should not be thinking about i'll say this it's important that what we allow to minister to us is of the Lord. Because there are spirits that influence certain things in the world that produce entertainment. And they, if they are backed and influenced by the evil spirits, demonic stuff, it will come through in your kids and into you. I'm telling you. I'm not saying possession. I'm saying there are stuff you do not need to be feeding on. Chris was telling me he was in a forum and one of the youth pastors goes, which scary movie should we show our kids when we're camping out? <laughs> Chris's mind is like, scary movie? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why would you do that, right? And, you know, because it's funny or it's culturally acceptable. Man, I'm telling you, there is not one godly, Holy Spirit-induced horror film out there. It ain't there. It's not there. So be careful what you put your eyes on. Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Right? Careful little ears what you hear. Right? Is it true? Careful. We're not moved by pressure. We're not moved by fear. We're moved by getting quiet and listening. That means TV off, phone off. Yeah. Phone off, right? I'm telling you, y'all, and I'm, you guys know the, you know the, the scientific Pavlov's dog. You've heard that, right? Where he can just ring a bell and then the dog gets fed and he does that over and over and over. And then all of a sudden, uh, he realizes the dog is drooling before he gets to the food because when he hears the bell, he starts to salivate and he removes the food and rings the bell and the dog still salivates like he's going to get food. You remember that? Y'all, we're, we're Pavlov's dog. I'm telling you. Your little ding on your text message. Ooh, who was it? Who was it? Who, you got to check it right now, right? I mean, you could be in the middle of, thank you, Jesus. Ding. Oh, hold on, Lord. I got to check this. Oh, it's nothing. I'll come back. I mean, just being led by a ding. We are not to be led by a ding, right? We're to be led by the spirit. 
And that means sometimes you've got to remove the distractions for a little bit, right? And take some time. you got little kids. Yep, me too. Guess what? Early works and late works. When they're sleeping, it's nice. It can be done. But we've got to take the time. If you need to hear from the Lord, take the time. He will to- tell you what to do. He'll show you. He's not withholding. The Holy Spirit's in the earth to what? Reveal truth to us, to show us things to come. But it will not happen between commercials. It'll happen when you get quiet. Amen? It's important. John 16. John 16. Verse 12 says this. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said, but you cannot bear them now. He said that right before he left. And they're like, what? What do you mean you're leaving? He said, I got to tell you a lot of stuff, but you can't hear it now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will show you things to come. This is the spirit of God in the earth, in us. That's powerful. Nobody else can lay claim to that. There's not another religion on the planet that can say, I got the spirit of God that'll show me things to come. Faith people talk that way even when you don't feel it. You begin to say, hmm, the Lord shows me things to come. I know what to do. I trust him. I hear from the voice of the Lord. He lives in me. He bears witness with my spirit. Your head's going, what are you talking about? You don't know what to do. You've been freaking out. That. Shut up, head. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my spirit. I'm full of the life of God. He's in me and he shows me things to come and I know what to do. Faith talks like that, whether you feel it or not, whether it looks like it or not. And guess what? God honors faith every time. He's like, there's somebody I can use. Make sure they have what they need. Go, make sure they have what they need. That's, that's what God will do for men and women of faith. When we, when we get locked into the world and we fall out and we're like, I don't know what to do. What am I gonna do? Dear God, you gotta help me. What am I gonna do? You're stepping out of faith. You're stepping out of faith. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're believing. Agree with God. That's why we sing that song, I am who you say I am. You need to say that about yourself. It's not pride. You're agreeing with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am who you say I am. Whether I feel like it or not, I'm redeemed, washed, clean. I am who you say I am. Your child, joint heir with Christ. I can hear from God because the spirit of God lives in me. It's agreeing with God. I am who you say I am. That's the word. That's agreeing with the word. It's important. Hearing from God is mocked in the world. Is it, is it not true? I mean, it's like an SNL skit. Like, oh, you heard from God, huh? This, this should be so normal in our lives. This is just such a normal thing for Christians that we should almost look at people like, you don't hear from God? What are you doing? What are you doing? We're believers. We hear from God. You can hear from him every day. And I'm not talking about audible voices and choirs of angels. I'm talking about in your spirit, that still small voice bearing witness with your spirit that this is right. This is what you should be doing. This is how you should be praying every day. You can hear from him. It should be so commonplace and normal that we have to fight taking it for granted. That's how, that's how normal it should be. And the world mocks it. They think it's funny. Dare I say, even Christians, Christians are like, you don't hear from God all the time. Because they don't know. They don't know. Don't be like them, right? Don't be one of those. Be like, yep, I can hear from God. Every time I need to, every moment, if if he's speaking, I'm listening. Because it's not a lack of God speaking, it's a lack of us hearing. He's speaking all the time. All the time. True? God is good. 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> First Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. You guys doing okay? All right. It's meant to challenge you and encourage you. Amen? It's encouraging to me. I can hear from God. Thank you, Lord. I can hear from you. Oh, God is good. First Corinthians chapter 2. Mm. Start in verse 9. It says this, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love them, that love him. Now, most people will um, carve this and, and, and sketch it and put it in calligraphy and put it on a little plaque and then that's it. But the problem is, is the next verse really helps us. The next verse says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So on your own, it's saying on your own, he has not revealed it to man, but the spirit of God reveals it to us. The deep things of God, the things that he's prepared for us, he reveals them to us by his spirit in our spirit. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you know how unlimited you are when you follow God? I mean, do you have any idea how unlimited you are? Shake those things off. Shake off the limitations that you've self-imposed and look at yourself the way God sees you as unlimited in Christ with the Spirit of God. You can do anything he's called you to do. We need to be careful with what we tell our kids about that too because I think well-meaning parents have said many, many times, you can do anything you want to do, little Johnny, little Debbie, little Susie. You can do anything you want to do. The truth of it is, is that you can do anything that God has called you to do. And it's our job to find and discover what his will is and then operate it in an unlimited fashion. That's really what we should tell our kids. Because doing anything you want to do, if you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, is not true. It's not true. I heard a pastor say one time, somebody came up to me, you know, we, our church ought to do this, and I really feel like you should be leading this big Bible study and, and all this stuff, and then visit other churches. And he's like, I, he said, man, I really appreciate that you think I should do that. But he said, I'm not even doing the things that I want to do. I'm doing what the Lord's telling me to do. So I'm not taking on anything extra. I'm doing what he told me to do, right? There are things in his mind that he's like, man, it'd be fun to do this and fun to do this. And the Lord's like, nope, you need to be doing this, and you need to be doing this. Right? And that's, that's how it should be. We come up with a great, brilliant, grandiose plan. Yes, God has to be behind this. And he says, don't do it. <laughs> I feel like 10 years old again. That was such a good idea. <laughs> Got to check in with him. Amen? It's important. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a little, a little subject I like to call the seamer. The seamer. Not the seamstress as in the seamer that you seam things with and sew things together, right? I'm talking about the seamer, like the S-E-E-M-E-R, the seamer. The seamer. Where is your seamer? Let's look at that. Where's your seamer? It seems like. Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke. You guys doing okay? There are, there's a way to be led by the Spirit where you don't hear an audible voice or even necessarily words per se in your spirit, but you know by the Holy Spirit that you should just do something, that you should just be somewhere, that you should just pray a certain way. You just know. We Sometimes in, in natural terms, we call it intuition, right? We try to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> well, my intuition told me. It's not true. <clears throat> it's the Spirit of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 1. 
inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. This is Luke now. He's writing Luke. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. Look at this, verse 3. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Just like you're going to meet David and Abraham and Moses, right? You're going to get to meet Luke, Dr. Luke, right? He wrote the book of Acts and he wrote the gospel of Luke. And he started the gospel of Luke by this. It seemed good to me to write the account to you, O excellent Theophilus. So you can get there and say, Luke, man, I was so inspired by your book. I loved it. What caused you to write that book? And he goes, well, I wrote it in the first three verses. It seemed good. You mean he wrote an entire book that we have in our Bible on a it seemed good? Yeah. Yeah. Led by the Spirit of God. How awesome is that? That means you can make big decisions and be okay by checking on the inside and it seems good. Because the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. It won't be just you and all your ideas and your checklists and your pros and cons and everything balanced out. You'll get all that done and look at it and then you'll go one way or the other because it seems good. You won't always know the answer of why either. And you don't have to, but you gotta follow that. You gotta follow that seamer. Where's your seamer at? It's on the inside. What Does that seem good or not? Mm, we got invited to go to a beach house. At the end of our trip, man, I wanted to go to that beach house. I'm telling you what, that is so fun. And it was, it would have been good fellowship and man, it would have been great. But you know what? It didn't seem good. And I wanted to just shut all that down and go anyway, but it didn't seem good. It didn't seem good. And I don't know why, but I know, I know to listen. I know to listen because you never know what's going on on the other side of that. Could be avoiding something, could be somewhere you should be and not somewhere you shouldn't. You don't know but you got to follow the seamer. There are tons of things we're going to find out in heaven going, man, I'm glad I followed that impression. I'm glad I followed that on the inside because the Lord will show you. Guess what was set up for you? The enemy worked like three months setting you up for that. He, brought, he, he was going to wreck the whole day and maybe your week and then you just missed the whole thing because it just didn't seem right. So you did something else. I love frustrating the plans of the enemy. I love it. Love just ticking him off, right? It's fun. So Luke wrote the entire book of Luke because it seemed good. That means you can trust it. That means you've got to develop on the inside your inward man. You've got to develop this so that you can hear and you can listen. Does that make sense? And it comes from the word and it comes, comes with time from him. And there's no way to cheat it. There's no way to cheat the system, right? God's system has never been hacked and it never will. It's his way. It's his way, Amen. Let's look at another seamer, Acts 15. Acts 15. You can trust this. I'm telling you, listen to it. Husbands, listen to your wives when she's getting stuff. Wives, listen to your husbands when he's getting stuff. Your friends, your counsel, your faith buddies, involve them. Involve people in your prayer life. Not everybody, the people God has called you to, because there are faith people and there are doubt people. Don't be a doubt people. Be a faith person, amen? Be somebody that somebody can come to you and you can speak life to them. Come on now. Okay, Acts 15. This is the setup, verse one. Acts 15, verse one. A certain, uh, 
And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversions of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come, let me side note, on their way to their mission, they were encouraging people as they went, okay? You can encourage people on your day, on your week, on your mission. People, God is going to be bringing you people you can encourage and cause great joy to come to them. Don't miss those opportunities. On their way, they're encouraging them with great joy to all the brethren. Verse 4, and when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. So they are saying, all these Gentiles are getting saved, right? And they have not been circumcised and they have not kept the law of Moses. And they're saying, guess what, boys? You got to line up circumcision. You got to follow the law of Moses. They're trying to get them back into the law. This was the dissension. This is what rose up. This is why they came back to Jerusalem to say, you know what? Uh, this isn't this isn't going so well in the Gentile world, right? That people get converted and now we tell them we have to be circumcised. I don't have to explain that to anybody, right? It is no bueno, no pleasant when you're an adult. This is not a good thing. This is causing some problems in the church. So skip on down to verse 22. This is why they're there. They're talking about this. They're trying to work this out. So they're praying about it. They're checking on it. And they checked with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God they checked with the Holy Spirit. Right? They didn't just come up with man's ways. Verse 22. Then it pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. They were leading men among the brethren. And they wrote this letter to them, and they said, The apostles and elders and the brethren, to the brethren who are in the Gentile, of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. So they're sending these guys with a letter. This is what we've come to the agreement on. The Jews, the original church in Jerusalem, we have prayed about it, we have sought the Lord. This is what we've determined needs to be done. Since we have heard that some of you, some who went out from us, have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord. There it is. Do you see verse 25? It seemed good to us. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For here it is again, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well, farewell. They came up with this great question of, that needed to be answered by hearing from the Holy Spirit. It seemed good to us. And then he says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Why, how did they get that? They got that by being in one accord, by praying and seeking the Lord and checking on the inside. Checking on the inside. A major rift in the church is about to happen if they don't address this. God didn't tell them to make everybody get circumcised, right? Paul goes on to address the circumcision and the uncircumcision, that you're circumcised of heart, right? That it's not a matter of the flesh, it's the matter of the spirit, because he had revelation in there, right? And so look at this in verse 34. 
they're all done, right? Silas and Judas and Paul and Barnabas, they all went and they delivered this letter and they have done exactly what they were asked to do. And they were released. They said, you can go home. Thank you for doing what you've done. You, you're, you are free to go home. But Silas, verse 34, however, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Everybody say, seemed good. It seemed good to Silas to remain there. No direction, no angelic visitation, right? No scripture telling him to stay. It just seemed good. So while he's staying there, he's got to find a place to stay. So the hotel bills are racking up, right? You got to eat. So the restaurant bills are racking up. And he's just, Lord, seemed good. Seemed good to stay. What happened is, and we won't read it all, is that Paul and Barnabas got into a contention over who they were going to bring with them on the next journey. And it got so sharp that they parted ways and Barnabas took his uh, cousin or uh, nephew, Mark, and went and said, well, I'm taking Mark and we're going. And Paul was like, we're not taking Mark and we're not going. And he says, well, I am. And he says, well, you're not. He says, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Who knows how long that went on? And he, and he took him and he went. And then guess what? Paul's looking for a companion because you need to travel together in these days. And guess who's available? The seen good Silas. Just ready to go. Guess who the Bible follows the rest of the way? Paul and Silas. Because it seemed good. You can make massive life decisions on this. Massive. But you gotta be willing to lay down your cause. Lay down your decisions and just say, okay, Lord, this, this, this is what I'm looking at. You show me if I need to make a decision in any of these areas or I just need to wait, but I'm gonna trust in you. And then whatever seems good, start taking those steps. Start taking those steps. And you'll just know. You'll just know, yep, this is right. This is right. You get out there and you go, ooh, that didn't feel good. Back to the one that felt right. Okay, Lord, what's going on? Show me what to do. Amen? Being led by the Spirit. This is so simple that you can miss it. It's so simple, you can miss it. It's true. But if you're aware of it and you're thinking about it, you won't miss it. True? Thank you, Lord. It seemed good, and he was right there. I remember when we were building our house, I had a, um, I had a, a million things in my brain going, building the house. I mean, we did 95 to 98% of it. I mean, there's just a handful of things that we passed off. We did not do the sheetrock. Thank you, Jesus, right? We, we didn't lay the concrete down and my roofer came and put my roof on with no labor costs, right? He did it in a day, would it have taken me two weeks? And so there was a few things that I had to do. And one of them was a septic system. Never put one in before, but I got to figure it out. And it was weighing on my mind because I understood the mechanics of it. And you have to have slope from the house to the septic system. And the septic system has to be at a certain depth because there's a rock layer. And I'm learning this all as I go, right? And, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I need help. And so it was, it was just bothering me. And I was thinking about it and it was distracting. And then I finally just got it from the Lord. He said, just let it go. Let it rest. Let it rest. So I'm like, okay, it's going to work out. You're right. It's going to be just fine. Thank you, Lord. And I, and I just had to naturally and physically just lay it down and not think about it. Let it, let it just happen the way it was supposed to happen. Because I, I couldn't work on it yet. But every time I'd stand in that doorway and I'd look at the septic and I'm just like, man, how is that going to work? Man. Because if it doesn't work, it's like 10 grand more the other way, which is not fun. So I'm, you know, you know, that can weigh on you. Money can weigh on you. Anybody figure that out? Money things and pro- they can weigh on you. But guess what? God has the answer. He knows. Just let him have it. 
and just trust that he'll get you to the right place. So I let, I let it go. It came down. This is, some of you have ever built, it will understand this, that the septic fall from my house to the tank to the drain field came down to within one inch, one inch of being within code. And I was like, Sweet, one inch might as well be a mile. Thank you, Jesus, right? But if I'd have kept thinking about it and thinking about it and think, I would have just wasted so much time. So much time when he was just prompting me, just, it's going to work out. Just let it go. It's going to work out. Just let it go. And then he gets it down to one inch. Lord, couldn't we just have like two or three inches maybe? He got it down to one inch. But it's just, it was a reminder for me that even Pastor Corey can be caught up in distractions and, Right? And not check in and say, okay, Lord, what is this going to look like? And he just, he just reassured me, it's going to be fine. Let it go. Okay, I can let it go. We can get distracted so easy with those things. So easy. The other thing is that sometimes you're pressured. Sometimes you are pressured to make decisions, right? Um, uh, people pulling on you, calling on you. Um, I heard this story about this minister that was talking about how he was uh, uh, taking a day off. And right at the beginning of his day off, he gets a call. It's a friend of his. Car broke down. I need help. Sure. And he's up and going and getting ready to walk out the door. And the Lord says, you better check with me first. And he's like, that's probably a good idea. Practice what I preach. Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to sit down and be quiet. But they called and they need my help. And they, no, I want you to sit down and be quiet. Yes, sir. So he sits down, gets quiet, spends some time in the word, praying, gets another call. Something else is going on. They need picked up, dropped off. It's, it's this thing that's just crazy. It's happening right now. Need help. He's getting up to go. Better check with me first. Oh, yeah. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to sit down and I want you to be quiet. You know how hard that is when you've got stuff to do, right? Anybody else got a list? Right? Anybody else married? Right? You've got a list. I got a list, right? And I got stuff I got to do and I got stuff she wants me to do. And then the kids, I got a list from the kids. And boy, it can be real hard to just sit down and be quiet when you're facing all that. But there's something to be said about following the Lord. So he sat down. He was quiet. Rested. Then another thing came up. We got to decide on this. We need to know by the end of the day, this decision, this money needs to be transferred and moved and we got to check it all out. Same thing. Sit down. Be quiet. 20 minutes goes by. An hour goes by. Two hours goes by. Three hours goes by. Just quiet. Listening to the Lord. Praying. Spend time with him. It's supposed to be a day off, right? Just rest and all these things come up. And then one by one, you got to call back. Hey, you know what? Never mind. Uh, somebody showed up right after I'd called you, picked me up. We got the thing towed. The car's fine. We Don't worry about it. Didn't even need to go. Five minutes after that, another thing came up. That person got picked up. A friend was rolling by. It just miraculously worked out. God worked it out. And, and we didn't need you. So no, thanks. We didn't, we didn't need you. And then half an hour after that, this money thing, it turned out to not be as fast as we needed it. We can wait two or three months on that decision. Don't even think about it. One by one, God just lined that stuff up and he could have been running around all day, all day, missed that quiet time with the Lord and running around for nothing. True? So there's things in our lives. There are things in our lives that we are running around doing (laughs) that are just distractions. And we've got to be able to discern from the Spirit of God what those are. Don't let your family pull on you out of the will of God. Don't let your kids pull on you out of the will of God. They will learn more from you saying no and saying, you know, I really feel like we need to be here. I think we need to, I think we need to just rest. I think we need to just take a minute and pray. They will learn more from that than them 
pulling and manipulating and getting you to do, right? Anybody else got daughters? Getting you to do some stuff, right? It's true. They'll learn more from you when you say, mm, I don't feel like we should do that. That doesn't seem right. True? So this is the week that life changes, right? Where we check in with our seamer. We check in with what seems good. We check in with the Holy Spirit and allow him to direct us. It's got to start with something. It can start with lunch today. Lord, what are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? He'll tell you. It'll seem good, right? Then your wife will go, that doesn't seem good to me. I don't like that place. (laughs) Whatever it is, just listen in. Tune in. Amen? I'm telling you, it's the best thing you can do. It's the best practice of hearing from God you can do is all these little things, is listening. Amen? Anybody get anything? That's all I got for you. Love, God is good. He's love. He loves us. He wants to help us, direct us in every single area. But it requires participation from us. He will not make you, but he will prompt you. And he will speak to your seamer and things will seem good. Or they'll seem, mm, that doesn't seem right. Check in with that. Amen? Amen? Your seamer. Everybody know where your seamer is? It's on the inside. Amen? Can I pray for you?